Good morning, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'm with uh, Emily Dean and uh, Steve Hall is with us Good today. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. You can text us on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio or email the show via the Absolute Radio website. So, Steve, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. it's been a while. It's lovely to see you. Uh, I think with it's the Steve, first yeah. time I haven't introduced you as Steve M.T. Hall. Yes, <laughs> I was used I, to that. It was never caught on. No, never. never. I, could, I mean, I, read, yeah, I could say Frank sell out Skinner because I saw your uh, full because oh. I saw a full room. I saw you. I loved I, your I'm Edinburgh so show. I'm so glad you added that caveat because my yeah. heart was in my mouth when you said Frank sell out Skinner. <laughs> it's been a very successful run. I know. No, it was. We all know about. But yeah, it was lovely Edinburgh in many aspects. Every time I turned on the telly, he'd pop up. <laughs> on some, here we are at the fringe, and my guests are, and there'd be Frank. You got to sell your wares. Oh, I know. Oh, yes. When I went to see the show, we got guided through, and I bumped into you on your stage. We didn't know where we were being led led to, and suddenly we were on the stage. Suddenly, as you were Steve, Steve and Russell Howard just passing through my stage. What do you mean? The show. Really? I thought it was one of those um, flash mobs. <laughs> Does that still happen? Oh, think, yeah, I they think, do the flash mobs, like the proposals. I think they've stopped. I think they were a flash mob in the pan. I they've moved on. Although I tell Welcome you... Welcome back. Kinda, <laughs> kinda. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what I noticed was a very big thing in Edinburgh, which is not exactly a flash mob, but in that family, was the silent disco. Yes, there was a lot of silent discos. I and saw they, many of they them. They love a bit of I Want to Dance with Somebody <laughs> at Whitney Houston. I mean, well, that's I don't all... know what they love, so I can't hear it. <laughs> no, they sing along to it, these people. Oh, the ones I saw, there was a kid's one I saw, and I saw, I think, three adult ones. Should we explain, Frank, in case people don't know what that is? Yeah, basically, they, they go down the street, and they've all got headphones on, so you can't hear the music, and mm. they are throwing their hands in the air and stuff. I think there's a man who's synchronising their moves to some extent. Yeah. So it looks um, it looks like some sort of mad hysteria, but even the hystericals <laughs> tend to make a noise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's... Uh, I like the rage it creates in people who don't like it, who are watching them. Uh, the, the, on Twitter, the yeah, people local, do people, get angry. Yeah, people get absolutely furious. It reminds me that there's a thing that um, religious people used to say is that those that dance are thought mad by those that cannot hear the music. That, well, that is, yeah, that and it is. Well, if yeah. the music, can I just say, can we add that if the music's the fall? Yes. I mean, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well. I can't agree with that, of okay, course. I know. Um, I actually <laughs> met in a... Just more or less in the halfway house between Tyler and Pub, I met a member of the of the four. Could have left of the last, halfway the house, last line anyway. <laughs> and we had a chance to... Uh, to talk Marky Smith in a in a sentimental and emotional way, ah, so that was not lovely. which one, Gre- Mr. Greenway. That's the only, I've got memories of Marky Smith going Greenway. No, it wasn't Greenway. Mr. Greenway was he a character in Grain Chill? He sounds like <laughs> a caretaker. <laughs> Mr. Greenway. Yeah, he, he was one. He was one of the last sorts. Of, there was there was always like little mean, mini geniuses in the four under the great umbrella of Marky <laughs> Smith's enormous genius. It was that a Garrett Millerick. 
gig. Oh, he's fantastic, yeah. Garrett Millerick, I must say, if you haven't seen him, he's, um, I hadn't seen him before. Oh, no. I thought he was fantastic. Steve, comic. it's not your fault, but whenever you come on, he starts mentioning weird people. Like It's going to be Diddy. Di- di- you no, say I, that now, but it's going to be massive in a year, and you'll say, Frank, I can't believe you led the way. Garrett has an unusual name, but he's just a brilliant stand-up. He's just a very, very good stand-up. He's very fun. We've got that out of the way. Okay. okay, that's it. He's plugged. I want to ask you a question. As you um, pl- as you went for the pawn early, this just occurred to me the other day. Free Willy. <laughs> okay, this isn't an advert. Thanks for the tip. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't want to the adverts have started. <laughs> free Willy. Goodness. Is it a pawn on free will? Oh. oh. That's a That's terrible pun. No, but free will is a big thing, and free willy, because isn't it about the, the fish escaping and stuff like that? Is it a fish <laughs> or a mammal or whatever? Don't pitch films yeah. ever. It's, a, it's about the fish well, escaping. Look, I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen free willy, so I don't know what it's about. Well, you raise a very good point. And maybe it could be that that was the creator's original intent yeah, and they're if, horrified on, that it's Because if it's, if it's about a captive fish then going into the ocean I'm, I'm thinking maybe I'm getting mixed up with uh, Finding Nemo <laughs> <laughs> it uh, must be but who thought of that in free the will can you imagine will saying free will just just add a why yeah why not <laughs> why not call him will then I wish I'd been why at that why not call the fish because will because you're giving it um, they'll see it straight away the idea is in 2000 and what is it 19 yeah. that somebody thinks hold on as I did in Edinburgh free will of course free will free willy we've heard from one of our well I was going to say one of our readers but also, I'm going to call this person one of your fans, Frank. This mm. is Jack from Liverpool. Hi, all. Last week at the Fringe, I had the pleasure of meeting Frank after one of his shows. Plenty of praise redacted. Mm. Ever the charmer. Fra- oh, OK. Um, Frank <laughs> stopped and posed for photos and even signed my copy of his stand-up diaries. In the book, he often talks about my favourite book, The Discovery of Heaven... By Harry Moolish. Harry Moolish, and how he attempts to finish it by the end of the tour. Unfortunately, I was left on somewhat of a cliffhanger as the mystery is left open. All weekend, I'd been telling myself and friends that should I meet Frank, I would ask whether he ever did finish the book. But in my 13-year-old girl-like fandom, I bottled it. So, did Frank finish his Moolish? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you um, the thing is... This is Jack. I've heard people say this before, about they've had a book and they say, I don't want to finish it. Yeah. And I did... That's, that's one of the few books I really... Because usually I'm hungry. If I'm loving the book, I'm hungry yeah. to get to the end of it. But with the Moolish, I did think, oh, God, I'm going to miss this. It's going to be like a friend emigrating. <laughs> um, so I did string it out, but yeah, I did finish it. But only this week, yeah. I was thinking, you know what, I might read that again because I'm, I've More never Moolish. Been, I'm, 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 I've read other Moolish, but none of them—they're all good, <laughs> not as good as, as that. What's, uh, what's it about? Oh, what's it about? Oh, yesterday, it's um, full. It's about life. It's about partly about friendship, but there's a sort of mystical element to it as well, and it's about. Fidel Castro's Cuba, Northern Europe in the wow. 50s and well, whatever. It's brilliant. Yeah. He's not an author. Are you familiar with him? Em? No. He's a Dutch, I think. I don't read many Dutch okay. authors. I'm going to be straight with you. No. 
By the way, I had a, we had a, a thing today. I dated a boy from Delft once. Though. Delft? Yeah. Where is Delft, that? Delft, I believe it's called. Oh, OK. Yeah. And was he? It was lovely. Okay. Yeah. He Can wore I... his pants on the outside. Remember, there was a oh, brief fashion. Dear. Hang on. He was a Could superhero. he fly? Could he Hang fly? On. Let me tell you, he was—he was incredible. He—he um, he wore his pants. Mm. What are you shuffling with there? I can hear you. Have you got a deck of cards? Like, I, welcome know, I, to the I, sp- I spoke this morning with the German Chancellor. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. He's, de- he's Delft. Do you do you remember that fashion, boys, for hoiking your your Calvin's up? Above your waistband. Do you remember that? Um, I, well, I can never work out whether someone's done that or whether their trousers have gone the other yeah. way. No, it was a fashion thing. I thought thing. that was a thing that sort of crisscrossed it or, or that yes, 17 This was a while did. ago. I didn't say I met a man oh, from Delft okay, last right. week. Oh, I've named him. Uh, uh, Frank, we've also had... A visitor from Paul <laughs> We've also... Do you know a visitor from Paul Yes, of course I do. <laughs> do you, Steve? I, don't, I, I don't. think I said that to you once when you called me. He, um, it, Kubla Khan. The reason that Samuel Taylor Coleridge gives for not finishing his poem Kubla Khan is in the midst of the reverie in which it was written. He had a yeah, visitor from Paul yeah. came and disturbed him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never says who he is or anything. I'm sure it's documented somewhere. Yeah. But it's a great excuse for not it's doing it. Like it sounds like a euphemism for needing the toilet or something like yeah. that. I'm sorry, there's a I visitor. In the Joe Orton play, a reason for not going somewhere is I'm anticipating the delivery of a plum tree. <laughs> I remember somebody uses their stock excuse. Um, ben Weeks has been in touch. Okay. Do you know Ben from, Weeks? From Haverhill. <laughs> Where? He's very upset with Gareth. Oh. Oh, Gareth. Oh, OK. Um, Gareth was on the show last week due to I, yes, ill health I, I on my in. part. Um, Should we leave this as a cliffhanger? Well, yeah, I'll just tell you the first few words. I'm apoplectic with rage at Gareth. <laughs> wow. We'll be back. We'll be back after this. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Oh, well, yes, we're, we've, we're on a cliffhanger. We're on tenter. So this man is apoplectic with rage. C- can you be apoplectic with anything else? Good yeah, point. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah. Mm. You know where some of these words get yoked together, like juvenile delinquent? I give you spate of cancellations. Exactly, or burglaries. Yeah, burglaries. Funny they say in America, burglarised. They say, I was burglarised and it was heroin. That sounds more physical to me. (laughs) Well, yeah, I was going to say, I don't... There's something I found a bit strange about it. They say, my friend was burglarised, Okay. No, like, when I woke up, I'd been burglarised. I don't like... I don't know, there's no reason why, but something makes me uneasy. something a character in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. (laughs) You were burgled. Burgled is nice. Um... So this is from Ben Weeks. He says he's apoplectic with rage at Gareth. Would you mind, Frank, just uh, for those who are are joining us freshly, uh, giving them a potted history of what's happened? There might be people who have never heard the show before. Exactly. (laughs) And if they're still with us, still with us, I'll tell them this. Um, Gareth was the original, um, one of the original presenters with me and Emily on the show. The original presenter with me and Emily. The OG. And... um, he was in, in Edinburgh at the Edinburgh Festival recently doing his stand-up show and he was on the free fringe and that means at the end of the show a bucket is held at the door and you put in the money that you think they 
the show deserves. Mm. So Emily put in 10 quid, but she dropped 20 quid on the floor, <laughs> which the older of the bucket assumed, just picked up and put in the bucket. So Emily was in a situation where she put 30 quid in accidentally. And then last week we had Gareth on the show and explained this. Yes. And, and Gareth's reaction well, to What was his story, reaction? I don't know. He was pretty blasé okay. about it and thought, <laughs> and thought fortune had favoured him. Well, I'll say it had. Uh, ben says, I'm apoplectic with rage at Gareth and his cavalier attitude towards Emily's accidental donation of an extra £20 to him. It is not for Gareth to decide as to whether Emily, in quotes, can afford it, close quotes. <laughs> You'd have an insight into what was said behind my back. Yeah. He clearly should have at least offered her the money back. If Gareth is so desperate for this windfall at the possible expense of a friend... Wow. Can I say <laughs> Can I say that in contrast with what he identifies as Gareth's cavalier, <laughs> I'm not sure about Ben Weeks. Ben Weeks, about yeah. his roundhead attitude <laughs> to money and uh, social decorum. You never hear that, say, well, yeah, him and his roundhead behaviour. <laughs> How dare you be He's so... round-head attitude. You've been so round-headed with my feelings. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Shall we start saying it to people? Right. Well, it works, yeah. doesn't it? Because it's yeah. about being very sort of formalised yes, and very yes. dour and... Yes. yes. Um, I wouldn't ever anyway, be Ben, ben we... Weeks's secret Santa. He, he seems quite... Criticism a... heavily redacted. Now, what I would say to you, Ben... I think there might be a bit of irony I think in, ben, in ben. I think Ben's one of ours. You yeah. know, I think he's... Um, but what I would say, Ben, is, you know what? He's not wrong. It's fine. I'm, I'm happy to... If I'm going to lose £20, I would, I would be happy losing it to Gareth, which I did. Yeah, yeah, this is. I, I, just listening to the show as a fan mm. when, I'm, when I'm not on it. It's, this is a saga that's run and run. Well, I it went. Really I went to, to uh, Gareth's show. Did you? Uh, last Did you put week. money in the bucket? Well, I went on his fortieth birthday. So I thought it would be ill-advised to <laughs> combine that with not putting money. I just put a big cake in there on top um, of all the change. How much money did you put in the bucket? Now, I put ten pound in the bucket. Oh, me too. And Except thought, it turned yeah. out to be thirty. I, th <laughs> I thought that was uh, a risk. Bear in mind. Yeah, that me too. I because um, most of the shows I go to the the paying shows I don't pay. So the only times I pay in Edinburgh is when I go to the free free. <laughs> which is a bit ironic. Frank, is this a sign of old age, or I don't know what it's a sign of? The, the audience th are wondering what you're showing me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign of whoa. <laughs> Not from this side of the desk, my friend. All's in very good working order. No, I'm but, under the desk. No, no, Frank. Um, no. When up. I go to shows, does everyone do this? And this shows me in a very bad light. I spend the first five minutes counting the amount of seats exactly, remembering the ticket price and doing calculations in my head as to what they've made that evening. And then I work out how many nights they're doing it. No, um, does everyone do this? I, no. Oh, okay. My <laughs> manager does it. Okay. And that's it. But I okay. saw Jackie Mason once, and he claimed that that's what his Jewish fans always did. <laughs> that they looked and said, "How much is he making?" And he said, "And all my, uh, what is what, my Gentile? They're yeah. all saying, how old is he? What is he? Ninety-three? <laughs> is he ninety-eight? Is it? That's all he talk about.'" 
Yeah, my friend Ashley Blaker, who is the UK's only Orthodox Jewish stand-up comedian, he says exactly the same thing. He they, does that. They always come up to him and say, and they, they the first before they even say we enjoyed the show, they'll say <laughs> we think you made about four thousand pounds. Wow. <laughs> So I, I know what you Steve made, is, Frank. Steve is Jewish, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he's we're, allowed we're to say that. So, so Frank, I won't. And so is Jackie back. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Can I say I'm very excited to see, and so are some of our readers, that on Monday evening there's a show called A Musical which is on, I believe it's called a musical, it at is, 9 o'clock on Comedy called. Central. Yes. And um, it's comics doing... Uh, do you know what it is, Frank? <laughs> yes, it's a sort of a, a elaborate uh, karaoke night with comedians doing show tunes. It's a brilliant show. I've seen it live a lot. It's Kiri, Pritchard McLean and Jade Adams. And one of, one of the guests this week is Frank Skinner. Indeed. I've, yes. I've seen a still of you. I'm, I'm very excited to see the actual thing. Yes, okay. I, um, I am Annie. Annie. I know, I'm looking at you now in the red dress. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I, I do a slight cheat on it because my favourite song from Annie, and, and I love many of the songs from Annie, can I say, <laughs> oh. I would do a medley if you like. Oh, Bo, best use of Bo Bromley ever. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yes. Um, but, um, is that the one you sing? It is, I sit... You're never fully dressed without a smile. It's such an amazing sentiment and a great song. But she doesn't actually sing it. She hears the children in the orphanage joining. But um, I, 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 she sings it on a musical. That's <laughs> quite that brave as well because that's a high range. You've got to have some high, some high notes there. It's um, it's such a great song. Ah, oh, the joy of it. And, um, of course, I wore the little red dress with the white trim. So I see you yeah. here. Oh, man. Do you, do you, do you, how do you rehearse for that? Do you, are we talking practising in the bathroom? Or? Well, I've been practising. I've been rehearsing for it for the last 25 years. <laughs> so it's been OK. I bet he went to one of those... Vo- Sandy, those I'm going to call him Sandy. It's Frank, all not life who for us. That? Uh, okay, who was that? Um, who was that voice coach from the seventies? Everyone used to go to. That was Tony De Brett. <laughs> I went to Tony De Brett. <laughs> I know. You know, I'm, I'm, I've told this story many times, but I might not have told Steve. Uh, Before I went to see Tony De Brett, it was an old lady who um, was was very oh do come in like that. And someone said, she's the biggest name dropper you'll ever meet in your life. And I said, well, I've met a few. I do a bit myself. He hadn't met me by that point. And uh, she's, this guy said, not like Tona. I mean, brace yourself. So I, I went to, to her house. I can't remember where she lived now. Because she did the lessons at her house. She thought Johnny Rotten was one of her claims to fame. She did. She was in the great rock and roll window. Really? Yeah. Anyway, I knocked on the door and she opened the door and said... Um, she struggled to open the door a bit. She said, I'm sorry about this door. It's never been the same since Benny Hill used it for a sketch. <laughs> that was I was still on the step. <laughs> and is, that, is, that her, is that nominative determinism? Uh, Tona. Oh, Tona. Yeah, maybe. That, that's maybe. her real name. It's not a nickname. Well, I, d- I never asked her that. I never mm. asked Tona de Brett. If I, I don't know if I ever called her Tona. I think I wanted to call her Madame de Brett, which is, I know it's the sort of thing you might call a cat. A cat or an old lady who teaches singing are the only people you could call Madame de Brett, I think. But yeah, it felt like like that kind of setup. She's very nice, I must say. Um, And I don't mind a name drop. 
Yeah. Great. I'm fine. I can't replace um, the toner. I've already done Garrett Miller this morning. Yes. Seven, and you haven't done Dick Fiddy yet, though, Steve. No. Seven Double O <laughs> has uh, been in touch. Oh, yeah. Linked to the people calculating how much your stand-up was making, I used to work at a historic house that was frequently used as a wedding venue. The wedding guests without fail could be divided into two categories, those who asked how old the building was and those who asked how much I thought the couple had spent on their wedding. Oh, wow. If we had any free... We'll come back. We haven't got yeah. time now. If we had any free will, is it a pun on free will? Well, we've had one character... OK, hold out. OK. Hold out on okay. that. Free Willy news coming up. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We've had we've heard from someone about is it is, is it upon on free will? This yeah, well, is my I feel question. like we may have tantalised you un, unduly. I know he hasn't really shed a. So David in St Albans, yeah, uh, has said I believe it is a pun on free will. Nothing concrete that would stand up in a court of law, but the oh. internet seems to think it is. Oh, oh, okay. so, so, oh he's, uh, he's gone on a big, lengthy journey. Someone, do you notice when I was saying it, I said uh, the fish, and then I said, or is it a mammal? Knowing yes. that if it was the whale thing that someone would send in the mammal, someone did uh, send someone in the mammal. Someone has yeah, yeah. sent in the mammal. A, fish is, a whale is a mammal. Is he? I'm surprised no one's ever brought that up before. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I did say. Or is it a mammal? Just to help is everyone that, out. Is that a sort of... That was from zero, of, one, zero, sorry. Is, <coughs> is that like a version of... Is there a smug version of Big Mo? Smug Well, they're, they're all <laughs> smug, the Big Mo's. So you tell people... A big moment is when you tell people something that everyone knows. But anyway. Yeah. Thanks for joining in. Um, <laughs> wow. I, um, I, I tell you, speaking of... Um, it, it, you know, sometimes something's happened in my life and I think have I lost, lost touch with reality. I thought, that, I said last week, it was when I found up saying that the sold out flashes <laughs> on my posters weren't quite big enough. <laughs> this week, it was when I texted my PA to ask uh, my car registration number. Oh my <laughs> word, you didn't. Did you seriously? I don't I often did. know mine, Frank. No, but uh, what happened? Do you happened? know yours? I, I don't have a car. Oh, I'm gonna so see that's that's one of the big pluses of being poor. <laughs> um, I, Imagine if I said that. It'd be an effigy of me hanging outside Absolute Radio. Uh, so I um, kill the monster. I um, yeah. Someone I had to. I was arranging parking for the weekend, and they said, "What's your car registration number?" And I'd left my car at the gatehouse of this hotel I was at. And I thought, I don't want to phone up there and say, what's Frank Skinner's registration number? They might think I was some sort of dangerous person. I know the hotel. Person. Mm-hmm. And so I texted my PA to ask her. I've had this car uh, just under eight years. <laughs> um, Steve, can I just say, I don't believe that for a minute. I don't believe, Frank, that you were too... You thought they might think it was strange. I thought you were ashamed because you didn't know your registration number in front of the hotel people. No, I wouldn't be ashamed of that. Oh, no. I think that uh, it makes me sound like a sort of... I mean, I've just mentioned it on national radio, for example. Is this, maybe this is an incentive to get a personalised number plate, just so if it was... If it no. Was, Fun no, time, isn't. fun time one. Well, I don't know if we, we someone has got in touch about uh, personal number plates. Oh yeah, didn't we have? What didn't we have? Uh, we had a communication regarding that on our list. 
Oh, I've got to find it here. See, oh, here we go. Yeah. Hi, Frank. Sorry, it's for Alan and That's, that's me. fine. We accidentally received a copy of Reg Transfers this month. Reg Transfers is the personalised number plate <laughs> journal. <laughs> and noticed that it has Chris Eubank Jr. His car has, drum roll, EU13ANK. Breathe out, everybody, it's OK. Will there ever be a perfect plate? It's not bad, that, though, is it? Because 13 is quite a convincing B. Yeah. I, I, I like my bees to be better formed than that. Well, I um, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I, I bet I bet uh, Eubank Jr. is pretty happy with that. I would have thought. I mean, I wonder if his dad, if anybody's got a personalised number like in the world, it would be Chris Eubank. Sure, oh, yeah, he, he drives that giant Hummer. Yeah, he had yeah. one of those like eighteen wheelers or whatever. Yeah, but I have seen a video footage of Chris Eubank Jr. driving through in a Lamborghini or one of those cars, those cars you see outside Harrods, you know. Yeah, and um, driving through a Jim Carner. <laughs> no, but people sort of clapping him, saying, "You know, he just he likes to pose in oh, the car." Oh yeah, well that's all part. Of, I'm all for that. My brother said to me, when when I had a Volkswagen Polo and I went to his house... You did the same. He said, I wish you'd turn up one time in like, in like a Cadillac and maybe wearing one of those silky cowboy shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I, I never did. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Steve. Uh, we just had a quick correctione. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, Steve, that was so Alan Partridge the way Frank said that. I loved it. Steve! <laughs> I was thinking uh, when uh, Esther Anson used to go, Cyril. <laughs> and he'd go, this is the tale of Billy Bulls who went around neglecting tools. <laughs> Come on, carry on. Uh, Mark in Birmingham says uh, Free Willy's actually an orca, which is actually a dolphin. It says correctione. So it's a fish. Yeah, it's a number an of other orca. people have orca got, word. Another uh, a, a number of other people, sorry, have got in touch with regards to that and said exactly the same. Okay. Okay. But no one, thank you for that. But as no one's, is there any evidence that it's free willy is a pun on the phrase free will? No. I think we need to check an IMDb, find out the writer's name, and ask him direct. Mm. The, the Kaiser, dead, <laughs> surely. The Kaiser has also got in touch with us. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> to say killer whales are dolphins, not whales. Okay, Kaiser. Okay. So, I mean, to be fair to the guy who said they're mammals, if you're going to call it a killer whale, you are going to mislead people, mm. aren't you? Yes. Mm, mm. Lay off the whale. Almost <laughs> willfully. Willfully. <laughs> anyway, Steve, yeah. who are you? It's nice. It's nice to be who are back. You? I, I was very excited you? last week listening to the show, Frank, where you bigged up to uh, the Listies. You said it was the uh, the funniest kids show you'd seen. Yes, this was Australian. What's double this? Up the oh, you see, I wasn't here last week. Uh, yeah, so, I, 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 I went my family to see the Listies, which is uh, uh, two Australian guys. God, they were funny. It was oh. such a funny kids show. Oh. I mean, I really laughed as well as my seven-year-old. Uh, I was especially... And my 77-year-old. <laughs> and my 49-year-old. I, I was extremely excited to hear it because mm. uh, one of the listies uh, uh, is my wife's old housemate. 
in Melbourne. Wow, so there was a nice little If only Arthur C. Clarke was still alive, <laughs> we could found him to put that on his strange world of Arthur C. <laughs> so I've seen the listies many times. Which one? Was it what my son described as the less silly one? It was the more silly one. Oh, it was the more it silly was, one, OK. It was Matt, not Richie. OK. Now, they are fan. I mean, I think they, have they gone back home now? Yes, I think. They are to tour. Believe me, I watch a lot of kids' shows and most of them are rubbish. So. I know, but I don't like it when you give these people advice. When he goes backstage sometimes no, with, his, with his little tips. You ought to too because you're so good. No, it's that like terrible is OK, <laughs> but some of your tips aren't. I, I, it's, it's impossible for me. To, I mean, Steve, Steve's a director of um, stand-up. <laughs> But whenever I see, I always think, oh, that would have been better if blah, blah, blah. I know, but there's a Should time I in not a play. Tell them? Well, no, not when it's at the Apollo and it's the last night of a tour. I, well, I said it to Andrew Lloyd Webber oh. when I went to the Sound of Music. I said, can I just say one thing? And he said, he said please don't. And I said, and when that bit comes in, it ought to come in a bit later so we get a chance to applaud. <laughs> and he, his, he never. I used to get invited to his premieres. I never got invited no. again to any. His face <laughs> fell. I mean, Even further. <laughs> Why can't you control yourself sometimes with the advice? Well, you could say it's a kindly thing I to think, offer. I think most comics, most comics would. It's slightly crawly. Most comics would be pleased to get advice from you. People well, they can li- always reject. They can reject it. Do you know what I'm saying? And they do. Yeah, well, they're fine. And where are they now? <laughs> yeah, but Frank, you can't go. Up. I mean, Frank's will go up after the mousetrap. I just had some uh, some tips if you want to keep this show <laughs> well, on the road. It's when you do it, okay? This, it's a work this in seems progress. Like this is a thing point. you've witnessed a lot. Then is this? Yes, I've known the man. Thirty oh, years of hurt. I did it. Uh, Tim Key was on the show and he was saying, yeah, well, after you came to see me, you gave me a couple of tips. On <laughs> Did you give Ross Noble as well? I mean, everyone he's seen, he gives tips. And I, I must stop doing it. The thing is, <laughs> to be fair, when, if on the rare occasions people do it to me, I despise them. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So it's been about a year since I've, I've last... Uh, been on the air with you. No, it's, look, uh, I don't. No. I, you know, I can't talk to you about HR. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you catch me at a strange time because my wife and kids are visiting Australia. They're visiting mm-hmm. uh, Grandma and Grandpa in Swan Hill, in country uh, Victoria. That, so we catch you. Uh, uh, you're happiest. Uh, well, except <laughs> that we've also uh, given our flat to some home swap guests from Australia. Oh. So, so I've had to stay for the last three weeks at my mum and dad's house. In my childhood bedroom. Uh, wow! So it's it's they've been in the same house for forty years. With all those Sheena Easton posters. Yeah, yeah it's they're, Australians they're, do like, uh, and I say this uh, very lovingly because I'm Antipodean. I think feel I'm allowed. They do like to drop in and they love a know, bit of travel. They love a bit of travel. They love a bit of turning up on your doorstep. They used to say <laughs> we'd get relatives saying, "Hey, we're OS at the moment." Overseas. We'll come and OS, so we'll see you Thursday. They never asked. They would just <laughs> assume it was okay. 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 Well, I, yeah, are it's, yours a, it's, a similar, like it's a similar I'm vibe. Shocked and appalled. Clearly, his they're, ones are like this. Well, they're very say. welcoming, but I, yeah, and so I'm, I'm literally on a. I'm but, on when, a but the people who are in your house are they part of your wife's family? No, no. They are just it's Australian. Just, they, yeah, they're just it's a, it's just a swap. Uh, Who are these so, people? I don't, I don't, I don't know. What I'm do not, you mean? It's a swap. There's a, what are you talking a, you can about? Arrange, it's like a it's like a free Airbnb. So you do it where you swap 
properties. Do you know about this, Frank? So no money changes hands. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. It's like the movie The the Holiday. That's the plot of it. Kate Winslet swaps a house with Cameron Diaz with hilarious moving results. In in what film? A film (laughs) called The Holiday. I recommend you look at it. Um, So it's... You swap houses. So you find someone in LA and you think, they can come and stay in my house, I'll stay in this. Is it the one when Kate Winslet goes to watch a rugby match in a red dress? Probably. That's in every rom-com. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway. I love Kate Winslet, as you know, but I don't think I've seen, I'm, I'm not sure I've seen the holiday. Did you see her Who Do You Think You Are? How dare you? <laughs> 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 no, has she done one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just absorbing that. <laughs> uh, her feet were in the way. Nine and a half. <laughs> um, she'd, be, she'd have been a great Mr Cellophane. Yeah. Anyway... Yeah, so, Carry on, so, Steve. So, so everyone's Carry done well on, out Steve. of this setup. Apart from me, I'm on a single mattress on the floor of my childhood bedroom. Uh, I think looking back, a single mattress is enough. I remember switching to double bed when I was still single, mm. and still no one else slept in except me. Thinking this is progress. I've since slept on single mattresses and thought this makes much more sense. Oh no, I can't <laughs> have that. My dog likes to go starfish. It spreads out. Uh, well, well, I wouldn't have a dog in my bedroom, let alone in my bed. Okay. Even when we had dogs, I only ever let him in the bedroom once and he scratched a hole in my quilt. I know, but he wasn't sufficiently trained, your dog. <laughs> and he pooed on the floor. Well, my dog wouldn't do that. Well, he'd always do it in the bed. The very thought of Ray doing that. Is it Ray? Is your dog? Is, yeah, I remember Raymond, that. thank Raymond. you. Raymond. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and so it's been fascinating cohabiting. My parents are now in their 70s, mm-hmm. so it's fascinating catching up with them. Just forget my... What, nearly 10 years older than me? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fascinating. <laughs> are they laboratory specimens of some kind? Uh, well, have you developed an obsession with electricity? Is it... I hate electricity in all its manifestations. <laughs> That's my dad's big thing is, can you please make sure the lights are off? Oh, yeah, I do that. Do but you? That's, yeah, because that is... Well, it's, it's, I do occasionally drop in the... If you, if you actually pay the electricity bill, you think more about it. But also, we're now safe in the planet, so I've got, um, you know, I've got a lot of uh, oh, yeah. young people behind me as well, backing up my, my uh, Initiatives. You've yeah. got the Gretas of this world. Uh, yeah, exactly. Enough. Gretas on my side in this particular <laughs> argument. I don't, I don't know how many she'd be prepared to back me up on. Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think my parents are particularly concerned with climate change. I think it's no, well. I just say it's a, it's a helpful back. Yeah, no, I mean, it is definitely a good consequence. It, it's yeah, exactly. But They're just a bit seventies about bills. Like, do you remember the phone bill? That was such but, an old. Know, I'm I'm a big fan of switching the lights off. For goodness' sake. <laughs> so I've heard, but it got you in a my lot of trouble. My dad does it when <laughs> yeah. I'm still awake. Oh, I'll okay. be downstairs in the living room, and my dad will switch the light off, leaving me in darkness. Yeah, no, but I don't I, like darkness. No, I, th- I wouldn't do that to you, Steve. That wouldn't be right. <laughs> no. But um, you yeah. haven't had a hit for ages. I'm sorry, you can't but listen I'm, to that. I'm, I'm with your, I'm with your parents on this. Switch those lights off. <laughs> also, you're there. Are you are you paying any sort I've of board? Them, I've offered them board, and oh, they've, they've yeah, turned it down. Yeah, we've all had those yeah, offers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Offered in a, do you, oh, Okay, great. <laughs> but people say no to the first refusal because the first refusal is politeness. Oh no, no, no. How then do you, have you to do come the back. offer, Frank? I bet you do it well. I would say, look, I'd, I'd really like to pay some 
<laughs> you know, I'd like to pay you something. I feel it's wrong. And it wouldn't be, you know, I just want to do I'd feel better about yeah. it. What do you think? And they say, oh, no, no, it's fine. I go, oh, OK. <laughs> well, I don't want to offend you. <laughs> I bet it went like that with Steve. That's my guess. If we even got the first bit. <laughs> Is, is picking up on something you've been talking about, Steve. Hi, all. You're talking about swapping houses. You must either only use spare bedrooms or lockable bedside drawers. They have those in NHS hospitals, don't they? I can't imagine letting someone have free run in all my clutter. That's H. I don't know if that, it's H from Steps. If so, hello. Oh, that'd be lovely. Well, yeah, you certainly I'd do. I'd love to live in H from Steps house. <laughs> Oh, but oh. it's absolutely meticulous. Oh, oh, immaculate, Frank. And smelling vaguely of citrus fragrance. Yes, I think uh, this is when, when, you get, when you go to Edinburgh, for example, and you hire someone else's flat for the oh. festival, there is, it's like a gothic <coughs> novel. There's often a yes. locked room <laughs> where they put their oh, things they don't want you to touch and it is very alluring <laughs> and it is you do think is it is it where the the mad wife is locked up who's going to set fire to the whole place in the end but yeah it's, it's, i'm a bit um phobic about um opt other people's things okay i'm not down with opt <laughs> i just very nice see, reference yes um I just, well, OPP I can use other people's property. Yes. I just don't like it. I just feel unsettled around it. But what about I don't when like you were other people's smells? around the TV uh, crime presenter Nick Ross's house when he wasn't there? <laughs> well, now that's a difference. I liked to ha- I wanted to have a snoop <laughs> around well, Nick surely, Ross's house. Surely. <laughs> when, when did this happen? We've gone properly mortificado here. I love it. I Frank remembers that. Um, when I when I was a child, when my my parents split up, they did what any normal parents splitting up do. My dad went to live with Nick Ross <laughs> briefly. The crime. Hold on. Presenter. Do you want to tell us this that yes. bit of the story again? Okay. When, <laughs> when I was a child, and my parents announced they were splitting up, my father and mother did what any parents in that situation would have done. They broke the news and then subsequently my father went to live with TV's crime watch presenter, Nick Ross. <laughs> and we went, he said, oh, come round. He took his cases round and it was out um, helping solve crimes, yeah, I assume. Yeah, probably, uh, he's probably case in a joint somewhere. Keeping his eyes peeled. And, I oh, know that was the other one. That Frank, was sure, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. We, ne- we never lived in his house. But, no. um... We were looking around Nick's house and my mother said, oh, this is nice, that'll be nice for you. You've landed on your feet, to my father. And they're looking around all the bedrooms. My sister's rifling through Nick Ross's drawers. Wow. My dad's, my mum's looking at my mother was in the bathroom and Nick Ross had a B-day and he was a single man at the time and my mother said, and I'll never forget this, He's counting his chickens a bit. <laughs> and at that point, Nick Ross walked in. Oh, brilliant. Oh, wow. Okay. Brilliant. Well, it'd been great if you'd have found some criminal contraband <laughs> if, if he'd have been using the, the TV yeah. show. Exactly. Or some chickens. <laughs> Numbered. <laughs> wow, what a great place to go. You know, one of my horrors, Steve, you may not know this, is when you watch a film or TV programme and someone's going through someone's 
office and then yeah. the person arrives and you're aware as a viewer that that person yeah, is getting yeah. close and it gives me stomachache, <laughs> actual stomachache. And this is a real example of it. And it's interesting because he is a sort of crime fighter. <laughs> so it's like breaking into the bat cave. Yeah. Um, going well, into if, if you'd nicked anything, there might have been a reconstruction. Or and in your not. child acting days, you could have played it knowing that you were yeah, a criminal. Can you imagine? Yeah, but he would have had an edge in his voice when he was doing the broadcast, <laughs> wouldn't he? Reporting on a crime. But imagine if you walk innocently, innocent man, Frank, when you first made a bit of cash, put your key in your door and there was a woman standing there saying of a B-Day, he's counting his chickens a bit. I know, How would you it. take that? Oh, I, 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 mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's not a direct comment. It's one that I think I wouldn't mind reading, say, a 20,000-word dissertation. <laughs> on what that means. <laughs> um, I'd love it if someone would write one for us. Uh, but yes, it's well, just you've been in there and snooping when he's a man whose entire life is investigation. Yeah. I suppose he thought I brought this on myself. Yeah, the hunter becomes the hunted. <laughs> yeah. I remember once I was uh, taping a, a lunchtime conversation with Donald McIntyre <laughs> secretly under the table. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> what did you do with that tape? Awful. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. I'm very um, wary. I think we've both made this point very, t- very mm. many times. I don't want to do anything about misheard lyrics or anything like that. No. You know, I think, oh, you know... Spare him his life sure, from his hot yeah. sausage. It's, it's, it's an absolute benchmark of the feeble-minded. Well, wow. <laughs> anyway, but I did realise only very recently. So this is more maybe of an idiotic Eurocomo. You I one of my favourite lyrics mm. in a country and western song um, was um, a Glen Campbell lyric, and I realised that the lyric. I that I really loved mm. is not is oh, not really? the lyric. I this I saw oh, it written down it? this week. I thought, oh, and what happens in um, there's an old thing where, uh, by the way, W. H. Orton, Orden sends a, a poem to <laughs> Stephen Spender, I think it is, and he said, I really like that line. Um, the the ports have names for the sea. And um, Auden said, well, it was poets. It's actually poets. You can't read my writing. But as ever, the mistake is better than the real thing. So he kept it in. And this is, I think, a case of that. On Rhinestone Cowboy, which I think most people know, I'm a rhinestone cowboy. And it's about a sort of a simple country bonking guy who becomes a star and all how his life changes. It really does change. And I always thought it said... Getting courting letters from people I don't even know, i.e., let you know, courting letters. Sure. What I like, I thought it was all sorts of letters. No, it's uh. cards and letters. Is uh. what he actually said. But courting letters from people I don't even know. You can imagine this simple guy courting letters from strangers is yeah. the ultimate weird thing that happens when you get yeah. famous. And also the fact that he's using the word courting betrays his sort of simple background in this sophisticated he's world. Trick, Frank. That's a much better line. It's lyric. a much it's better line yeah. than cards and letters from people I don't even know. I mean cards. Cards? You're going to yeah, get a good cards just, with that kind of felt written on them. Yeah. 
So, um, I mean, I, I don't think he wrote it. Glenn, Glenn's I mean, gone now. Can we just say, God bless him. so what's gone on here is Frank has essentially once again <laughs> given <laughs> notes I have. to a dead songwriter <laughs> well, no, I some don't, I don't 40 think Glenn, years after the song. <laughs> I don't think I mean, Glenn Campbell wrote it. I mean, for goodness sake, I any, love Glenn any Campbell. news on Wichita Lineman? One of my favourites. <laughs> I'll have to give that some thought. But, um, no, there's a, there's a new take on late review, late notes. Exactly. Oh, he's got notes for Marriage of Figaro coming but up it's, next. It's, it's a better line, though, isn't it? Caught in letters from people. It is. Well, let's, let, what else Any can we read up? Let's, for... let's cover some Hank Williams. Oh, never mind. He's got Seneca. I mean, he's going way back in history. <laughs> they work, though. They're sen- oh, no. <laughs> Senapods. Frank Skinner. Stephen in Oldham has said, Hi Frank, Rhinestone Cowboy was written by Larry Weiss, who is still with us, so you could contact him to let him know you've improved his song. Oh, yeah, I don't know if he took it well. I once read a, an interview with Ronnie Barker where he said he often uh, went through Shakespeare and gagged it up a bit, the comedies. <laughs> <laughs> you think, well, he's qualified, Ronnie Barker, if anyone is. Mm. I suppose, and it's a good note for me and it's a good note from him, has a sort of Shakespearean iambic quality to it. Yeah. Um, anyway. So yes, I've been, uh, as I said, as we were saying, I've been freeloading at my parents' house, uh, and uh, there's a shed that I bought my mum back when I was in a sketch show with Greg Davis, and we were doing very well. I bought my mum a shed. When you were in We Are Clang, many years ago, ten yeah. years this year, in fact. Yeah. Um, I love that idea that you bought your mum a shed. I bought my mum a shed. I, I, I was making that shed money. <laughs> yeah, shed loads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, it's got a lot of my stuff in it and my mum so while I've been staying with them my that was nice of your mum <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was nice of you to buy your mum a shed to but put I your to put stuff in I put all my stuff in yeah and like, she, what, like what? So she, well, she's plonked a load of boxes down. I had no clue what was in them, so I've been investigating what was in them. There's an awful lot of Roy the Rovers. Okay. Oh. Uh, quite a lot of old enemies. And the problem with trying to go through old enemies is you start reading them, and, and I immediately got I, transported. What, I tend to keep my enemies in my shed as yeah. well. Well, yeah, keep thine enemies close. <laughs> yeah. um, you, what age are you, Steve? Uh, so I'm 42. You? So what? I'm just trying to work out what. Um, era of Roy the Rovers. You'd have been a bit late for. Would do you remember when members of um, Spandau Ballet? I do. When played, I do. Yes. When played Steve, for Melchester yes, Steve Rovers. Norman. <laughs> Did they? Steve yeah. Norman joined me. There was a brief one where they're two of Spandau Ballet and out of retirement Bob Wilson and Emlyn Hughes. Yeah. Oh, so, really? Yeah, that's strange. It got when very meta. Real people were playing in. in did Melchester they have Rovers. a sort of new romantic haircut? Well, they, they did. They had mullets. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> And and there was certain way Roy Race would drop in Spandau Ballet songs. You, know, you played you played gold today. Oh goodness me! Of course, Roy Race would have to change his name. Never too controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else is in your shed. Uh, what, so, Here's a question I don't think I've what, ever asked anyone before. You've got a shed, shed, though, Frank. I've, I've seen your shed. shed. Oh god, yeah. It's not, it looks a bit creepy. Your shed. It's got spiders <laughs> in it. No, no. Bars, bars don't go in the shed. Uh, yeah, there's there's lots of spiders in. Oh uh, no, that's spoiler. I fancy there were photos that I there was a photo of me and my brothers sat with Duncan Goodhue at a swimming pool. I have oh, no lovely, memory Steve. of that at all. And I must, I, I'm about ten or eleven. I have nice no of your memory mom to put that in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Duncan's thrilled. Duncan, yeah. That's where he's ended up. The old shed at the halls. Duncan said to me, "I was the best floater he'd ever seen." Well, he did. Uh, yeah, 
exactly. I presume that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was doing this um, starfish float where you just lie there on the top of the water. And I'm rubbish swimmer. Um, but Duncan Goodyear came along to the swimming lesson because he, he, he knew um, the woman who was teaching me. Mm. And uh, and uh, he, he, that's what he said. That's my uh, Duncan Goodyear quote. Can I just interject at this point? James082 has been in touch. It's just a call back to the Nick Ross story when I was caught oh, yeah. snooping in Crime Watch presenter Nick Ross's house. He and my mother said at one point, because Nick Ross was currently was single at the time, he's got a B-Day, he's counting his chickens before they hatch, etc. Yeah. James has said, let me get this straight, a B-Day's only for ladies, or am I missing the point? I think they're traditionally associated with ladies, oh, but right. obviously they are for, for all... Anyone can use a B-Day, but, but like they were in French people considered them a ladies' thing. Oh, I see, because I, see? I, I, I interpreted the remark slightly differently, oh. but not in a way I can yeah. discuss on this. Oh, I think it's open to, to the whole thing's open to some interpretation. Okay. And also on the, um, on the uh, nominative determinism, determinism, when your name... Uh, determines your career. Mm. The fact that he's called Nick suddenly <laughs> just occurred to me and then went into crime detection as a... Yeah. It's, all, it's all makes so much sense. Yeah. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Can I say I've had a couple of um, letters this morning? One... Um, Person, Why Joe. Doing the uh, radio for afternoon play sound effects of the paper. Yeah. Joe has, uh, has sent in. Um, regular listeners or um, readers, as I like to call them, will know that when I have talked too much or we have talked too much on a link, the producer Sarah puts a, uh, down a small fez. Uh, and Joe, who was in. Um, in a bazaar, I love the fact that there's still such a thing, a bazaar in Marrakesh last week. Yes. Has sent us um, a, a quite a big um, face. Yes. And uh, which we can uh, use because we lost, we lost the original. Fest. Well, we had one. Then um, Jonathan Ross, friend of the show, <laughs> tried to buy one for us in a in a Marrakeshian bazaar. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yes, I think I told you about that it's because when he he wanted a small one and he tried to speak French and said, um, "Un put like un, one for un petit chat, a cat's oh, face." Wow, right. A small cat's face. Yeah, a small cat's fez, Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Well, so funnily Joe enough, succeeded where where Ross failed. Yeah. He said that, that Joe says the vendor. This is in the vendor in, um, Marrakesh. in Marrakesh. Said when asked if this was the smallest fez he could offer, replied, <laughs> and then he's put in bracket Don's thick Arabic accent. <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed to. No, you can do it in French though, because okay. they speak French. Okay. Then, uh, so he said, you know, is this the, the smallest one? And he says that. Uh, this is for one year old. <laughs> and I thought, do, do they have this for one year old? And it is, it really is, that is unless they That's a big, unless you want to carry the one year old in the actual for fest. one year old. <laughs> Bassinet. You got any fezzes for one year old. He yes. likes to wear it every day. Yeah. So, and the other um, letter I had was from a member of um, England's Barmy Army, Steve Lovell. What's that quackling rose you keep doing? That's uh, some more. That's packaging, packing. Okay. 
Is it package and package? No, that the word? that's the po- same word repeated Postage. twice. Postage and package. Postage yeah. and package. P and P. Um, P and, times uh, P. Steve has sent me. Um, I mean, timing is everything in this business. Uh, Steve has sent me one um, celebrating England's uh, pursuit of the ashes. Uh, right. This <laughs> oh, summer. Oh, Which, did we uh, not get? Did we get? Be nice those? to sleep in. Oh. Well, it's not going very well. If we oh, win this game, it'll. Uh, I'll, oh, I'm going to do next week's show just wearing that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> all right, is all your business done? All your housekeeping? That's my. That's the, my. The two, uh, the two yes. fezes, the larger fez and the small fez, make a sort of lovely little wedding, tiered wedding cake at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we just need one in the middle. That'd be um, not, not a bad idea if you got married in. Uh, in Marrakesh. Yeah. yeah. A fez cake. Yeah. Um, we just need one in the middle, so ideally, if anyone's in Marrakesh <laughs> and a vendor says, I'm going to do a French accent before I get complaints, this is one for a six-month-year-old, that would be perfect. We want a fez for a six-month-year-old. This is now someone will text in and say, <laughs> oh, was that a French accent from... Uh, oh, yeah, where were they from? Aberystwyth. From Aberystwyth. <laughs> I need to tell you about a terrible thing that happened last week. I know you love a terrible thing, boys. Oh, it's one of my favourites. <laughs> I'm, I'm strapping in. Well, Frank knows some of this, but I need to fill Steve and our readers in, Frank, wouldn't you say? Oh, yes. So I had a bit of a... I believe they call it a Darren Anderton in the trade last week, <laughs> which was a sick note. Can I... Um... Can I give a bit more Please do. preamble to I'd this. love some preamble from you. <laughs> On, um, we, we've just done three weeks at yeah. the Edinburgh Festival, the, the radio show has. Mm-hmm. And after the first... So when we're up there, we play um, Radio 4th. Yes. Which is as in 1st of 4th, yeah. not in... They don't rank them. <laughs> and... Um, and I wonder if do they use May the Fourth be with you? I wonder for their marketing. Anyway. No, they, they will though now because yeah, uh, you know what you've done, giving them some lovely feedback. Frank. Well, we'll see. But anyway, I I got a text after the first show from Jonathan Ross saying um, I I got my agent. I think he won't mind me reading out. It's, I, I had my agents put some posters up outside <laughs> where we thought you did the radio show today. <laughs> um, but M and then there's a, he gives reasons for that, which I'll I'll let you go into. But M didn't uh, didn't mention it, so I have a horrid feeling they were displayed at the wrong site. Did you see anything? <laughs> and then he sent me a picture of the posters, and I wrote back, "Oh no, we missed it." Yes. Uh, and I and he says I said we're doing two more, I oh, know one more at that point. <laughs> so he said, uh, okay, then I'll I'll uh, I'll aim for that. Okay, <laughs> so that's where we were. That's okay. where we were. Bear in mind these were posters that were made. He had specially made advertising an Edinburgh show that he wasn't doing. Completely mythical. Essentially, oh, right. invented I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I once, in passing, this is what it's like being friends with Jonathan. Do we need to go to a I break? I think we need to go to a break. I'll leave you on tenterhooks. Okay. I once, Jonathan did a silly voice in character, and I said, oh, yeah, what, you're going to turn that into an Edinburgh show? That's a great character. <laughs> you should tour that. Cut to stay with us. Okay. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. So we're mid, we're mid Ross. Yes. 
So, not not Paul, not um, not Nick Ross, <laughs> not Nick Ross, not, not, Nick, Ross. not Paul. It's been a one Ross anecdote after the next. And it has. Um, so anyway, I had made a joke. I mean, a few months back, he'd done one of his little characters. He'd done a silly voice. And in order to throw shade at him affectionately, I said, oh, that's good. That You could go on to take that on tour to Edinburgh. Most friends leave it at that mm. when what you sort say of that. Voice? What's the cat, what, did, what sort of voice does he do? Well, See, I wouldn't have asked that. OK. If you'd done more radio, you wouldn't have asked that. <laughs> it's, it's not that's like... That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I try to work out whether that means that... It's I, not I like rude. I'm optimistic and curious and the... Yeah. Well, ten years has put too much cynicism. Essentially, the uh, voice is just a man saying is his catchphrase. It's not, but it's a strange character who's called Mr. Yeah. Phillips. You were right, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? It's just like a, so. Basically, uh, most people would have left at that. Jonathan didn't. Jonathan decided to get his management on the strength of this one comment I'd made, throwaway comment about taking it to Edinburgh, to print up professional posters, which apparently he spent three months working on. Yeah. There was email exchanges which were quite testy in tone <laughs> to some people saying, this green is not the right shade. Let me see the other options. OK. Um, I'm going to apparently be shown the email correspondence. No, that's not right. He he put on the poster Edinburgh High Street. He had to make up a location so that people didn't actually go there. He spent months on this. Uh, then he employed someone at his management to put the pay, page to get the posters printed. He then had to pay to get someone to put them up all over Edinburgh, all so that he could play this practical joke mm, on me right. and pretend that he was actually doing a show. Unfortunately... I was ill. <laughs> and well, the first ended up week, in bed for three days, so never saw the posters. The first week they were up, they didn't see them. So I said, you got one more week to have a go. So then yes. he really went for it. He really then, went for and it, and, and I was ill. And what was strange is he kept calling me really obsessively. And I said, Jonathan, I'm really ill. I mean, I, I can't do the show. And you're not doing the show. I thought, God, he's really upset. I'm not doing the show. I said, no. He goes, well, uh, tell Frank then, you're not doing the show. I said, no, no I can't do the show. He said, well, that's awful. I said, yeah, no, it's terrible. I'm really gutted. He said, what hotel are you in? Beg your pardon. <laughs> I think he was planning on sending someone round to the hotel okay. to put the posters up. Um, I mean, I thought he'd gone a bit strange. Yeah. He was so obsessive. Can I tell you what this reminds me Go of? On. I don't know if you've ever... Um, the guy... Uh, what's the name of the American comic who played um, Larry Sanders? Gary Shandling. Gary okay. Shandling, yeah. There's a story that an, uh, an, uh, an American comic who I don't know the name of tells that he mm. was sitting in a cafe <laughs> writing on a laptop. You know the way people write in stuff? Yeah. And he was sitting in the window. And I think, was there a show called Tonight with Gary Shandling? Is yes. That what it was called? So he had a Tonight with Gary Shandling t-shirt on, if I remember right. <laughs> so he's there type, typing away. And at one point, he looks up and Gary Shandlin is walking past with a T-shirt that says Tonight With and it's the name of this comic who's doing the <gasps> typing and a picture of him. And he said the brilliant thing was Gary Shandlin had seen him in there with the T-shirt. He'd gone to a T-shirt shop and got yeah. this thing made up. <laughs> and he found out after that Gary Shandlin had been walking round the block past that window for like two hours <laughs> until he noticed him walk well, past. I didn't get to see it, but you know what? I would say that's the definition of friendship, that a man would spend, or woman, 
Um, that amount of money, time and attention to detail on a practical joke. Faye, who works on our show, said that. She said, you know, if I had that kind of money, that's what I'd do. She said, I wouldn't buy a, a watch. I'd, I'd spend it on practical jokes. Well, what I loved about this is that uh, to me, it almost didn't matter that you did. I was so happy that Jonathan had done this. Yeah. Like I was with that garage. That someone gets to that much trouble for a joke. Yeah. But what I did, and I don't know what this says about me, but when Go someone on. tells me an elaborate story that they've done and when they lifted up the dead owl, underneath it was the engagement ring and the proposal. Yeah. I always think, oh, shut your face. <laughs> so when they do it for a proposal, I always think it's really naff. When they do it for a joke, I think it's a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Um, uh, you've been showing me Jonathan's posters. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's a work. It's it's absolutely brilliant. Oh yeah, I, I like, mean, put it this way: there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears yeah. went into it. Mainly, I, li- yeah. I like that the, the the entry price is twenty nine pounds, which is almost as much as you paid for Gareth Richards' show. Yeah, yeah oh, that's true. Gareth Rich. Oh, do you know what? I keep forgetting that, and then it stings sometimes. <laughs> it's like a sort of ba- a love affair that just comes back. It's and more just... than Eddie's. <laughs> yeah. It's more than Frank Sinatra. <laughs> 30 notes. Uh... I mean, I love Richards, <laughs> but come on. For goodness come sake. Come on. Um, talking of ins- expensive indulgences, it, that wasn't an expensive indulgence. It was well be, worth the money. Is this going to be about the pre-Reformation Catholic Church, this next bit? Close. OK. It's actually about Gwyneth Paltrow hiring a book curator, because I wanted to discuss this with you two this morning. Can I ask a question before mm. we begin? This sure. About Gwyneth Paltrow. Sure. Is she generally known as Gwynny Pig? No. Uh, I... <laughs> No, it's okay. a great name. I'm not, I, 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 <laughs> she will be from this point on. I know some people who sort of know um, the, the Coldplay guy, Chris Martin, oh, when yes. they were. And they used to use the phrase Gwynny Pig, which I always assume that he called her. But I wasn't sure if it was in the public. Well, it is no. <laughs> Yeah, Too I th- late. I think he called her Gwynny Pig. What a brilliant name. Yeah, yeah I quite like it. I she was, got... Can I say, she's, she, I thought she was a great Pepper Potts in Iron Man. OK. You know, she was Iron Man, sort of. Well, she starts off working for him and then they become okay. embroiled. Oh, OK, lovely. Mm. Frank's with the um, comic book. Yeah. He's our comic book correspondent. Uh, she's good. Who is that? Is that Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man? Yes. OK. Yeah, I need that universe to expand to include Roy the Rovers. Confuses me. So Gwyneth, she's taken on a rather unusual employee. Did you hear about this? She's hired a book curator. Oh, everyone's talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) It, Well, everyone's talking about the fact that he is called Thatcher Wine, as well. That is, but incredibly, that's not the most remarkable thing about him. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's just stage one. Yes, his twin brother Thresher. (laughs) Unfortunate vintage (laughs) Thatcher Wine. Um, So what he does, he creates a custom library. Essentially, doesn't he? He allows your books to work in harmony with your interiors concept. So, for example, you wanted a copy of War and Peace, Frank, Mm. and you thought, but that doesn't work with my colour palette. He would say, "Okay, I'll get one made in a suitable Pantone shade. Um, Can I ask you a question? What is Pantone? What does that mean? Pantone, you will have seen. It's a form of it's a colour spectrum, essentially. It's a reference guide for colour. 
Like a colour chart. Yes, but I think it's specifically a sort of graphic colour. Um, so really, we'll I've say Dulux for never you. Been, uh, okay, let's say Dulux for you. Dulux, yeah. Uh, well, do you I, know am ca- I am Catholic, remember. <laughs> Oh, Dulux. Do you yes, understand yes, that? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> but the idea is if you go to Thatcher Wines Company, you could say, for example, you choose them by colour. You don't know what books you're getting, but you buy books by the foot. Well, so, see, I, I thought that at first, but one of the things I read a quote, because I've I, mm. I become slightly obsessed with the idea of yes. people buying. Yeah. I mean, mm. the people buying books because they look nice is a bit upsetting. Although, if you take something like, do you know the Folio Society? I do. Who make beautiful books. They are beautiful books. They're lovely to have. But what he said, which is not as bad, is Mm. if you want the complete works of Jane Austen Mm. and you want them in your kitchen, which Mm. favours greys and and, uh, creams. Neutral palettes. Then he'll do you books. He'll do you dust jackets or book yes. bindings in those colours. So you're having the books you want. You're not just no. picking. You're not. Yeah. Just if you go to his website, book. I'm afraid I've gone forensic. You can buy books by the foot. Well, that and is, you don't know what they are, Frank. That's morally incorrect. You, you could get Mein Kampf with a blush cover. Okay, and it and it's literally he's it's just the he's literally judging books by their cover. Is that is, is that essentially well, Frank's what right, not always, but some there it is an option to buy the books by the colour by the yard or whatever by the. And doesn't it make it confusing if all your books are the same colour? Doesn't that make it quite difficult to? work out what they are. Well, I don't think there's any suggestion she's going to pick any of them up. (laughs) (laughs) Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. So we're talking about these... We're uh, talking about Gwyneth. Thresher. Thatcher wine, sorry. Thatcher wine. He said, um, he's talking about what books are popular now, because there's a certain... What it'll also do is theme your books. I mean, I think... I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt yeah. here because I, I do like the idea of someone bringing books into your home. Yeah. Although he said apparently she needed five to six hundred books to, and I quote, complete the shelves. <laughs> now that is an odd way of looking yes, at it. Yeah. Um, but if, you're ta- if he's taking your interests and then he's getting other books on that, it's a bit more, it's like people who bought this also bought. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's like a reverse Marie Kondo. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's. he's I don't know. I wouldn't know. I'm Catholic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Condo. Yes. Um, but it's yeah. also. They, I read. Well, the, they will look very tidy. Though. His books are going to look more tidy than his yes, books have ever true. looked. Well, he's, sorry. There was a quote that he said he was tasked with making them easy to grab off the shelves. Yeah, so that's good. That, that, but does that not mean just giving her thumbs? I don't. I don't. I really... think. Um, how dare you say that? Mm. Um, she. Um, Maybe they're all low. They have to be low. So low that right. Them. Right. Well, also, you don't want Gwynnie Pig off by one of those moving <laughs> ladders that slide yeah. along the bottom. Yeah, oh, I a... love those. I always associate those with the mummy or maybe uh, Sean Connery in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I associate them with Priscilla Presley and a joke in yes. uh, Top Gun, <laughs> which I cannot I do on, <laughs> on air. Not Top Gun. What's it called, please? Naked Gun. The naked Gun. Oh, yes. Um, I, I know very well the joke you're referring to. <laughs> he did say Thatcher Wine... He talked about what books were trendy at the moment mm. in terms of aesthetically on your shelves. That bothered me slightly. And he, because he said the Stoic philosophers are having a big moment right now. Yeah, that was... Uh... <laughs> now, come on. Well, it's, it's good if people are reading the Stoic philosophers in any colour. 
And yeah. if they are, Frank, I'm sure, has some tips for Marcus <laughs> Aurelius and Seneca. Was he stoic? I believe he was on how they could improve. On a improve. bad day. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I, uh, it said he wanted to theme her interest. He said the books that she had were f- photography, fashion and architecture. Often not, strictly speaking, what you call books. You know, they're those big <laughs> things with photos, yeah, the yeah. coffee table. These are books to be read at the coffee table because they're so big. What is it, fashion photography and architecture? I bet that's a degree for the millennials now. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, photography, sorry, as you know, is sorry. something I feel is the last refuge of the scoundrel. <laughs> Frank says anyone can do it. It's what people who want to be in the creative arts but can't do anything do. You're looking a scarf wow. from Brooklyn Beckham's burgeoning career. Well, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Can someone but, tell uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson? Google him. Um, look, um, these are books that are, you can't read for more than 20 minutes for actual physical arm <laughs> fatigue. <laughs> so, they, you know, they, they're not... They're what you look at while you're waiting for someone, aren't they, these kind yes, of books? Yes, yeah. They're on the coffee table. I find when I see them on coffee tables, three high seems to be the limit. I've it's never seen four three. in a pile. And I always think the people that have them might be... might have might not be very kind people. Oh, I don't yeah. think that of Guinea Pig in, in fairness. I like the, the look table, of Guinea Pig. They're so heavy the coffee table couldn't I take any I just think people any, that any have more. those books look like they might sort of snap at their staff. Well, I was, <laughs> I was sad when she uh, split with um, Chris Martin. I can't remember what term they use now. Conscious uncoupling. Conscious uncoupling because their two kids was Apple and Moses and I thought they're just going to be work their way through the Old Testament of things that happened. I was looking, Flood would have been the third one and stuff. And sadly, that was, uh, that was stopped mid-flow. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. We've heard from two four O's, just notes that both of Gwyneth's children could be followed by the word basket, Moses basket and apple basket. Is apple basket a... Uh, is that a word? Perhaps not. Well, Perhaps I've given well, them too much credit. Well, yeah. Well, how would you do I your shelves? I always thought Andrea Cor might have been a bit upset about <laughs> Apple getting <laughs> right. picked. Picked. <laughs> yeah. How do I? How do you? How do you style your bookshelves? Um, well, I don't. Kath has said to me, my partner. Um, we Why should start this, Frank, by... Sorry, just to let Steve know. Have you been to Frank's house? Uh, no, no. It's absolutely beautiful. But David Badil did once say his comment on the decor was, Frank... Uh, uh, how long are you going to live like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. It looks like... Everyone says it looks like we moved in yesterday. And right. then he came around a second time and he just said to me... He looked at me, stood there with an anorak, because he's often got an anorak, and he just went... Will it always be like this? You say an anorak, <laughs> but uh, I think of him a car coat yeah. is what he wears. <laughs> <laughs> it's very odd, but because um, he's quite it's a cool not. dude, but he he's very happy in a car coat. <laughs> um, he it? always looks like those blokes that leave the match early <laughs> to miss the traffic. <laughs> but anyway, um, he's. Um, you were talking about your house and your uh, Well, I've got a lot of books. But um, Kath thinks I should put them in alphabetical order or something like right. that. I just can't be bothered. And also, <laughs> I like looking for a book in 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 the several bookcases because you think, oh, I forgot that book. Do you, li- mind yeah, yeah. Do you like it in a sort of 
J.R. Hartley. Yeah, way. I think I like to browse. You know, I don't just I don't want to know. I, I the idea of putting my books in alphabetical yeah. order. Just, have yeah. you got any like? Have you got any first editions or French chat up line? Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. I've I've got um, I've got a couple. Of, I've got a few. Uh, I've got a couple. So I feel of... like I, yeah. I don't want to be advertising you to. Burglar to be burglarised. Oh, well, we don't want uh, you to get burglarised. I don't think many people are going to come in for uh, Samuel Johnson's tour of the Hebrides from 1773. I've got a few Doris Lessings. Oh, nice. Of, uh, John, John Cornwell's. Google him. David say, Cornwell, I mean. Uh, David Cornwell, do you I know who that is? Quite a bit of the Beat Generation signed book. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so I would say, all I'm going to say to defend Thatcher Wine... Not something yeah. I thought I'd ever say yeah. in my family background. <laughs> is really, I suppose you could argue, because books essentially, we no longer have a practical use for them, because mostly we're reading them, often we're reading them on the, on the Kindle or online. Well, I saw an Edinburgh show, mm. uh, and I, I won't name names because... Uh, oh, go on. No, I won't. Okay. And there's a woman on stage and she said, I don't read books. And then you told me that you'd seen an Edinburgh show with a woman on stage saying yes. she doesn't read books. Mm, mm. And I'm on about bright people. Right. Mm. So I'm, I've since become anxious that they're going out of fashion books. Yes, I, I do worry a bit about that. But I just think, well, at least maybe the colour coordination, if they like interiors and Pinterest and Instagram, we might lure the Instagrammers over well, to exactly. the book side. And he might be doing a good job. Um, wine and and wine. No, wine's his surname. That's what they called him <laughs> at school. Wine's <laughs> parents owned a restaurant, a very famous restaurant called Quilted Giraffe, in the nineteen seventies in New York. The Quilted Giraffe. It's a bit of a Studio Fifty Four. It was a very trendy restaurant. No, never yeah. heard of that. Have you not heard? I've of never it? heard. Of Quilted it's Giraffe. where. Um, do you know the book American Psycho? It's where he takes his victims. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it sounds like a, the name of a kid's story. Yeah, but it, but in, yeah. in fact, it was where a psychopath. They do look slightly victims. quilted, to be fair. With <laughs> yeah. an element of uh, crazy paving on the neck. <laughs> yeah, you see, I, I think I like though. Also, I start talking about beautiful books are nice, mm. but I also like really cheap paper in books. Yeah, <laughs> I read um, Analog Magazine, which is a sci-fi short stories mainly. Well, I actually feel pa- sick. And the paper is so <laughs> oh. cheap, it makes me, I, means I can hold it. You read oh. it with love, not respect, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I know, some people think they're the same thing. That's made me. That's actually made me feel sick. Oh, I'm going to bring it in next week just for you to feel no, the porous the cheap nature. Paper it's, uh, of it's a pulp. So- I think it's literally pulp. I think it has been. <laughs> What's the sci-fi mag called? Analog. Oh. Let's get you a subscription. Have you read it? Have you heard I've of it? I've not heard of it, but I'm getting you a subscription for Christmas, Emily. <laughs> oh. It's only. It's bi-monthly. I know that sounds cool, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, that means every two months, kids, don't, don't, get, don't, don't start anything. So anyway. Who's on the cover this week? Tinfoil Cyberman. Uh, Dick no. Fiddy. Dick Fiddy's on the front. I think it's someone, someone in a space helmet. Cover girl. This month's cover boy. Dick Fiddy. What about, one thing that I learnt about... Um, I looked up. I looked up um, Gwynnie Pig on uh, well Gwyneth Paltrow on on um, on Wikipedia, mm. and it said that she used to smoke um, one cigarette a week, but she has <laughs> cut down since two thousand and eighteen. <laughs> cut down to what? One cigarette a fortnight. <laughs> 
Well, wouldn't you love to be there? Does she stop it out and think I'll have a bit of that later on? Or does she have to do it all in one thrust? <laughs> Steve, it's been lovely having been a you pleasure. here. Um, do, do come in again. Yeah, you we should meet up. We live very near each other. We never oh. meet. I do. I want, to see, I want to see your bookshelves. I want to see how you live. Come and see my bookshelves and yeah. just watch your remarks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a bit fed up of people coming around and saying, oh, hold on, what's happened? They think I've been burglarised. <laughs> OK. If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.